0: Hello, I'm Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech. This is the Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Our podcast uses an interview format with industry and academic leaders and is intended for analytics-interested business professionals from the U.S. and beyond. Thank you again for listening to the Analytics Buzz. With us today, we have Bill Franks, Chief Analytics Officer from Teradata. And we're talking about instilling analytically focused leadership. So, Bill, you have a strong presence in Atlanta and beyond, but for those yet to meet you, tell us who the heck is Bill Franks? What kind of fun stuff do you do at Teradata? And why are you so cool? Well, boy, I don't know if it's uh, going to be
1: too easy to live up to that terrific introduction, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, an analytics lecturer, I'm analytics professional by background. What that means in practice is I have a statistics master's degree. I uh, grew up building things like churn models and pricing models, marketing mix models in a variety of settings. Uh, the the uh, last course of my career been at uh, TerraNata. Um uh, we, currently in my role as uh, chief analytics
0: officer One of the more humble people I've ever met But tell us about your nifty books And your affiliation to the International Institute for Analytics Yeah, so uh, It's probably been six years ago now That uh, the International Institute for Analytics Was founded uh, Tom Davenport, who most people will see, will probably be Consulting practice uh, within Teradata, you probably get to see the inner workings of all different kinds of companies. What are some of the verticals and client types? Well, to
1: be honest with you, I think that's one of the coolest things about my job is that uh, you know a lot of people you, you might you know work with a, a specific company, right? You're an employee of a specific company, and you may get very very deep in whatever that company is doing. But then you also you know tend not to necessarily get the market perspective. I literally over the last few years have gotten to spend time with you know some of the biggest organizations all around the world. You know, Europe, Asia, United States, uh, all industries, hearing what they're what they're doing. So you know, I've been able to, to learn some about how you know a large uh, international conglomerate like Maersk.
0: a little bit about um, instilling analytically focused leadership uh, which you came in and, and did a talk at a dinner meeting recently at Georgia Tech um, but before we do, I wanted to ask um, all these different clients that you work with, they must have different kinds of journeys and perceptions of data and analytics tell us about some of the patterns and similarities and, and differences you see among them it's probably all over the place, right? You know, it's
1: funny, it does tend to be all over the place in maturity, The analytics revolution because of a problem that I saw that I didn't believe at the time I wrote it many people recognize uh, in the couple of years since I've, I've written it the good news is it's at least being recognized now but I'm not sure it's been fully addressed which is how do you take analytics from sort of the one hour off artisanal you know somebody custom making this very complicated and and beautiful analysis into truly industrializing and operationalizing it so that these analytics can happen in in an embedded and automated fashion at scale to have a much broader impact. And that's something that a a, a huge percentage of the large companies I talk to, it has hit them like a ton of bricks. You know Mm -hmm. what? We now have an analytics uh, team and a focus, and they're building us really good analytic processes, but our one-off way of building and deploying those processes totally breaks down if you try to go from a handful of models per year to dozens, hundreds, or thousands. And so to me, that's probably uh, remaining this year, one of the big trends that that, that everyone's recognizing it. Mm -hmm. Very few have effectively dealt with that issue.
0: Yeah. And that's a really difficult thing. I've heard that on the academic side as well, that we're having a hard time. Um, You can't really teach that side of it because we don't have the longer term. We get them for a semester and then they're gone. (laughs) And it's very difficult for us to instill that in the school system you know um, so yeah that, that's definitely tricky but would you say the majority are where, where are the majority of your clients and companies that you deal with?
1: So today I'd say most companies are at least doing some deeper you know advanced analytics some you know machine learning uh, data mining whatever you want to call it right mm-hmm. predictive modeling etc many many terms uh, many of which were, were being neglected I'd say most of the companies are doing Some of it, at least, some are going after it uh, quite in earnest. But Mm -hmm. it is—it is no longer uh, a—you know. And now, I mean, there are literally dozens. They could fall, I know, be up to hundreds by now, um, right. universities that are either coming up with a specialized analytics degree or having a analytics focus within their MBA program, whatever the case may be. And I think it reflects exactly what we've just been talking about. There's so so much uh, recognition and need for analytics now that the demand, as everyone knows, is outstripping the supply. And that's where I think the, the academic environment, so like yourself, are able to, you know, start to uh, have support for investing more in your programs to give people in business what they need to do all
0: these things. Yep. Absolutely. So, we're, we're thinking in terms of um, leadership today, and so what does it mean to have a data-inspired leadership, like analytically focused leadership, and why is that important? Can you tell who does and doesn't have it?
1: Yeah, so, you know, one of the examples I always use, uh, and, and I think in time this will become less and less relevant, so I always talk about the worst case was a few years ago where people would claim to be analytically driven, but the way it would go down is this. A business person would say, I want to go do something. Mm-hmm. Run me some analytics. And when my analytics supported what they wanted to do, then they would count the fact that, look, the analytics say so. We're being data driven. We're doing the right thing. Let's move forward. Nothing wrong with that necessarily. But on the flip side, if my analytics didn't support what they wanted to do, then they go find all the other evidence they had to support what they wanted to do and ignore the analytics and then go do it anyway. Mm. And I always felt that was an utter waste because at the end of the day, uh, you're A, you're fooling yourself and your organization to thinking you're using analytics, and after all the investment, you actually aren't changing any of the decisions that you're making. In other words, you're doing what you otherwise would have done, conveniently making use of analytics as extra evidence where it helped. So I, I think the difference is, and this is something I talked about at the dinner event, is that, have uh, an environment where management is not just encouraging but insisting that people bring facts and analysis and data to a discussion process. And part of the role of analytic leaders in an organization is to uh, help facilitate that and drive everyone towards that as much as possible.
0: So so it's about turning it on its head in that decision-making process so that you're not you don't have decisions that are already made and data that's supporting it, it's the other way around. You take the data and you start with that side of it and then you create a decision based on it. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, okay. yes. And, and at
1: minimum, even if you already did have the you know, idea in your head, you still validate it. And if it doesn't validate with the data, then you are willing to abandon it. And I, 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 the good news again, if you think about it, the people at the very top of large companies today mm-hmm. tend to be Seventy-year-old, they didn't grow up uh, with data and analytics, right? In fact, they all started their career back when you didn't even have computers. Everything was paper and mail-based. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a big shift. The younger, uh, as younger people move into the leadership roles, they're growing up with analytics and with data and expected more. So I think the days of becoming a CMO where your pure background is creative and uh, the marketing savvy with no analytics.
0: that is encouraging so um that's one of the possible solutions is that we have this new workforce and they're natives of data it's it's not the immigrants of the 50 60 70 leaders that we have today and so because they're natives they're used to having data at their fingertips and they're probably more accustomed to making data driven decisions maybe that's one way um, of getting uh, more data inspired leadership is to you know kind of wait for them to grow into that role what are some other ways to make that shift so that you have more data-inspired leadership?
1: Well, I mean, I think it comes down to, so let's say I'm a CEO and I really don't understand how the analytics work. I'm not necessarily comfortable with data. That should be okay as long as I recognize that while I'm not comfortable and I don't understand it, it mm-hmm. is what's very first churn models in the world. Um, I, you know, I was at one of the, lar- uh, at the largest telcos. I'm actually, well, back then, there was only really one. I was at at when they were still 80% market share churn models that only just become relevant mm-hmm. um, after the advent uh, uh, of the monopoly. And the point is, there was a lot of education on why would you trust a model to look at who's likely, you know, what, what would you do, uh, you know, differently as a business person. So I think analytic leaders today. Again, we talked about this at a dinner event. Mm-hmm. They have to really take the responsibility for saying, "You know what? If I'm a leader in analytics, I have to help educate and push forward these business people. I can't expect them to do it on their own. Yep. I can't hand them results and think they magically know what to do. Yep. I've got to actually go with them with a very specific recommendation of here's the results, here's what I think they need you, and here's what I think that you." Should That you're able to do that effectively, they'll view you truly as a value-added partner to them and their business. And over time, they'll rely on you and trust you more and more. But if you take the if you take the approach of simply saying, "Here's all the results, go figure it out," right? Um, they're, they're not going to get the benefit, and you're not going to get that relationship. I think that's a that's a shift that analytics leaders have to challenge themselves with is becoming that what I call a consultant, mentor, and coach, not the order taker. Me, and
0: you blindly do it without, you know, any thought or pushback. Where gotcha. So it's it sounds like you're saying it's on us. You know, and a facu- a different faculty member from IIA the other day called me an advocate for data science and analytics, and I thought that is such a flattering way to <laughs> represent our field, is to be an advocate, and it sounds like you're saying that's one of the things that are super important and is our responsibility, that we don't just kind of sit in the corner and do what we're told, crunch numbers, and deliver, we need to become that advocate and get in front of the business questions more so than just deliver them to other people. Yes, and I'll tell you a flip to that, too, another side of this point: You have to look at your analytics practice as a business, even if you're within a
1: company. what I mean by that is... Mm. they saved so many dollars on this edition. They may or may not make it explicitly clear how much the analytics help do that. So I think you get into really what comes down to the, the political aspects, the internal marketing aspects. You've got to take time. You know, you send out a newsletter, at least quarterly, um, if not monthly, say, here's the latest things we're doing in analytics around the organization that are, that are
0: Yeah, I got you. So some of the to summarize, um, some of the ways that we can get more data inspired leadership are: uh, one, they're growing into it. We've got the natives that were born with data um, that are moving up the ranks, and they're hopefully getting good education, um, and they're learning how to use data in ways to make good decisions. Second, it sounds like you're saying it's on us to promote ourselves to talk about some of the things that we're doing. And to take a more strategic approach instead of a um, order taking approach, third, uh, third, it sounds like we need to um, position the analytics function as its own company, almost like as its own entity, um, and treat it as um, as its own vertical, so to speak, in a consulting arm. And then fourth, I wrote down um, awareness, awareness, awareness. <laughs> so kind of become that cheerleader and get the word out there, um, even if it means, you know, doing some tactical things like developing a newsletter or. Um, I know that in College of Computing, they have this session on Thursdays uh, that's just like a brown bag, you know, kind of think and learn kind of sessions where people go in and, and can get more awareness about what they're doing in College of Computing. So it's, um, it's important for us, even though we're focused on the data side, to get our, um, our work out there and our insights out there and to really just begin, become those advocates. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I, and
1: I can tell you, it's sort of when you think about it. The best, uh, the best new pizza joint in town mm-hmm. tonight. But the only people who are going to know it exists are the people who happen to drive by, happen to see it, and then happen to actually decide to come in and learn that it's actually the best pizza joint. So, so is it possible that that pizza joint becomes popular and a gangbuster success over time? It's possible if I don't do any advertising or market awareness, but. If
0: one final piece of advice for an analytics professional looking to get their leadership more data-focused, what would that be? That one piece of advice. Just for for an analytic person themselves or for them to get their business sponsors to be more analytically. For an analytics person to get their leadership more data-focused. You know, the thing I always say is if it comes back to that that becoming a partner with them, Mm -hmm is give them what they need and
1: what you've agreed and they've asked for you know as long as you're making sure it's appropriate mm-hmm. look for those opportunities to come with that little bit extra to, to solve a problem that they
0: awesome nothing like a proactive analyst thanks again bill franks for being with us today thanks again for listening to the analytics buzz a podcast about trends tools techniques and talent related to data science and analytics please connect with the business analytics center at georgia tech via our website and join my network on linkedin dr beverly wright executive director of the business analytics center thanks again and have a great data set